Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining our podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called Patreon.com slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. The people of Alabama have spoken loud and clear. No to Roy Moore. No to Donald Trump. No to Steve Bannon. Yes to Doug Jones. Yes for decency. Hey, what do you say, everybody? It's a big day, a big day for all progressives, for all right-minded people to celebrate all across the country uh, the rejection of the predator in Alabama and the election of a good, solid, centrist Democrat by the name of Doug Jones, who ran a brilliant campaign. It looked like it might have gone the other way for <laughs> some time last night. It wasn't clear from the beginning. Well, it wasn't clear uh, before the vote who was going to win. It wasn't clear until about 88 percent of the vote was in uh, last night. Uh, but Doug Jones ended up winning by 24,000 and some 21,236 votes. It's a pretty slim margin, uh, no doubt about it, even though Roy Moore refuses to concede. Well, with all of that to talk about, we also have Donald Trump uh, accusing a Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand basically of being a whore who would do anything for money. He didn't use that word, but he might as well have a totally ugly, sexist tweet yesterday of one of the great members of the United States Senate. And of course, Donald Trump says, oh, I didn't mean anything sexist about it at all. Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a disgusting person we got in the White House. At any rate, we got lots to talk about, lots you're going to want to comment on. It's one of those days. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Can't wait to hear from you. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news today. Well, yesterday was the One Planet Summit. Did you hear about this? No. Of course you didn't hear about it because... I only live on one planet at a time. Donald Trump was not invited to this summit. This was in Paris. It was a meeting of 50 countries who agree that we have to do something to about climate our... change. Oh, yeah. In fact, the big slogan at the One Planet Summit was, Make Our Planet Great, great again. again. Emmanuel Macron spoke yesterday and said that the world is, quote, losing the battle against climate change. 
He said, again, quote, we are not moving quickly enough. We all need to act. Now, again, this was 50 countries who all agree that we need to do something. President Donald Trump was not invited. Why would they invite him? No, I agree. I mean, he shouldn't he, have been invited. He said he's pulling out of the Paris. He uh, disinvited himself. Course. Yeah, pretty much. By the way, what did you say this thing was called? Uh, the One Planet Summit. Yeah, you know, I got a pitch the other day. Apparently, there's this this group called the called One Global Democracy. Oh boy. That believes that we shouldn't have countries. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Full galaxy world. brain. Forget it. Yes, we're all one people. They went on Tucker Show the other night. Imagine if they had a campaign. President, yeah, yeah, right. How does that the whole, work? Of the whole globe, president of the universe. Yeah. Uh, you've taken Uber before, I've taken Uber before. One woman by the name of Emily Kennard, she took an Uber ride to Tim Hortons in Toronto, Canada. Oh, hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was late at night, she deserved whatever bad happened to her. It was late, it was She's late at to night. Tim Hortons. It was December, what? it was don't hate on Tim Hortons. I'm not a big Tim Hortons guy. Wow, well. it's it's the same as like Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme. They're all the same. Jamie's a low life. She's from Maine. Fair. Oh, yeah. Whoa. From Maine. So basically from Canada. Go ahead. Read the story. <laughs> so Emily gets in this Uber to go to Tim Hortons late at night at December 9th. And it turns out the 20-minute ride in an Uber cost her $14,400. Sounds about right. Turns mm-hmm. out there was a glitch and Uber charged her that much accidentally. But then she complained and said, whoa, you guys screwed up. I shouldn't be charged this much. And Uber declined. They said, no, we don't have to pay that money back. She took to social media. People picked it up. And lo and behold, oh. Uber said, oops. She got an overdraft fee, didn't she? Yeah. It was a whole thing. I mean, how could Uber? He didn't. You're taking an Uber to Tim Hortons at 4 a.m. You don't have $14,000 in your bank account. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Celebration. Yes, indeed. Nationwide, it is time to celebrate the people of Alabama. Have spoken loud and clear, saying uh, no to Roy Moore, no to Donald Trump, no to Steve Bannon, and yes to Doug Jones, and yes for decency and morality, and uh, maybe just good old common sense. They know what's good for them. They know what's good for the nation. And it is not Roy Moore and it is not Donald Trump. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Great to see you today here on the Bill Press Show live from our nation's capital and reaching out to you everywhere in this great land of ours, including the great state of Alabama today online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. On Free Speech TV, of course, and uh, out in Chicago, the greater Chicago area, WCPT, hello, 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 uh, and Indiana, Indiana Talks. Wow. It was uh, not as long a night as we might have expected, but it was a seesaw night. Uh, I'm sure those of you watching know the early returns, uh, absentee ballots showed uh, Doug Jones with a substantial lead over Roy Moore. Uh, Then once the votes started coming in, it came in from mainly the rural areas, uh, the southeast part of the state and the northern part of the state, the so-called Bible Belt, which was uh, solid for Roy Moore, and that pumped him up there at one point, 10 points ahead. Uh, And then it started, you know, about that time I thought, oh, damn, 
lost another one. You know, this is a disgrace. Uh, and was ready, I must admit, to throw in the towel. But it kept getting more and more narrow. And then uh, uh, Jefferson County comes in strong. The so-called Black Belt comes in strong, which is named by the way for the for because the soil is black, but it's also a heavy African American population across that middle of Alabama, and the big city of Birmingham coming in, and uh, Roy um, and Doug Jones eking it out, forty-nine point nine percent at forty-eight point four percent. By the way. The write-ins, there were almost 2% of write-ins. 1.7% of people wrote in somebody else uh, uh, other than either Doug Jones or Roy Moore. Uh, in fact, the uh, coach of the Alabama Roll Tide Let got, me just say, got, a few, got, a, got a few votes. Uh, Nick, first first Nick of all, Saban. I'm surprised Nick Saban, Saban didn't come in second place as a write-in candidate. Um, By the I, way, if he had run a campaign, he probably would have. I guarantee he would have won. Yeah. I, uh, oh, second. Uh, uh, yeah, he would have come in second. I, I, Nick Saban. It's <laughs> my man, Nick Saban. Uh, look, I've said on air for months now that Roy Moore was going to win this election. Yep. yep. Uh, I was convinced he was going to win. And let me just say that I am uh, thrilled to say that I am wrong, and I am here to represent this morning. All right. Roll damn tide. Roll tide. Go Alabama. They actually Roll got it tide. right, which they don't always do. No, absolutely. And by the way, you're not the only person who thought Roy Moore was going to win. I know. I mean, that was oh, uh, I universal. I thought Roy Moore was going to win. Across the board. Yeah. Right. I went back and forth. Toward the end, I thought Doug Jones was running a better campaign. I thought the Obama uh, robocall would help, and obviously it did. I yeah. thought Charles Barkley would help. Sure, uh, and he did. And uh, and I I just I've been proven wrong so many times, <laughs> but I put my faith in the people of Alabama, and enough of them uh, enough of them really really came through. It is there are so many aspects of this, and we got really great people coming in to help us go all the way through it, including all of you, of course. Uh, we want to hear from you on Twitter, at BP Show. But Claire Foran will be here from the Atlantic. Peter Fenn, one of the best Democratic strategists uh, in the country, will be along in studio with us. And uh, the good congressman from Oregon, uh, Earl Blumenauer, will be here as well. Um, because there's so many dimensions of this uh, to talk about. Um, one is, I mean, this this is a great victory for the Me Too movement, Right. I mean, the Me Too movement has a moment, I think, and movement has really found its its uh, its pace. This is its time. Uh, women who, for so long, have been the victims of sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and sexual assault, and worse, um, bringing forth those charges never heard until by Harvey Weinstein. Then the dam broke, and we've seen so many other men fall, and so many, and women now finally being taken seriously. And even though Roy Moore. Uh, with all the support of the evangelicals and the conservatives and the president, Republican president of the United States and the RNC uh, still uh, could not overcome those serious, serious charges against him. The women who, who came forward to talk about his activity, they were, belie- they were credible, they were believable, they were real. Uh, and uh, I think the people of Alabama said, uh, you know, we can't turn our, at least the majority, we cannot turn our backs on them. It's a huge, it, it, it's also a, a, a victory for, you got to admit it, to Doug Jones, a friend of mine in Alabama, 
uh, in Montgomery, an attorney in Montgomery, and I, I texted him last night saying, hey, congratulations, Doug Jones ran a good campaign. And he said, you know, I got, he said, Doug Jones was a fr- is a friend of his. He went to law school with him. He tried to talk him out of running. So it just shows, what do I know? But Doug Jones was committed, and we all thought you didn't see much of his campaign, no. which was his strength. Yeah. He just put that puppy together, and we talked that we were worried there wasn't a ground game, you know, to get the vote out. He got the vote out, particularly the African-American vote. Uh, he wouldn't be senator today no, without look, the African-American this vote. This is amazing. 96% so African-American vote. A couple, yeah. numbers, a couple of numbers there on, yeah. on how uh, this vote broke down. White men, uh, which is 35% of the electorate in Alabama, they voted for Roy Moore 74%. Yep. White yep. women, which is 30% of the electorate in Alabama, they voted for Roy Moore 65%. Black men, which is 12% of the electorate, voted 92%. Oh, you yeah. think that's good? Yeah. Black women, 18% of the population in Alabama, 97% for Doug Jones. Yeah. So yeah. if we're looking at yeah. who do we thank for this big win in Alabama oh, yeah. for Doug yeah. Jones, it is the African-American population of Alabama, which has not been treated very well by the state of Alabama over the years. No, no. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, t- tend to be taken for granted. Nina Turner made that point with us uh, the other day. Uh, but again, uh, with this new mayor of Birmingham, uh, Doug Jones had put together a very effective, very quiet, very uh, by the raised a ton of money and put together a very good ground campaign that was all basically under the radar. So while Roy Moore was getting all the headlines, Doug Jones was just building, 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 and it really came through at the end. You got to give him credit for running a brilliant campaign, uh, and for 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 a, a total total upset, huge victory for the Me Too movement, huge victory for Doug Jones, a real shot in the arm to the Democratic Party. This is three in a row for Democrats: New Jersey, Virginia, three big one, a lot of little ones we've talked about, including that mayor of Birmingham. Um, but uh, New Jersey, Virginia, and now um, Alabama, boy, that is a real shot in the arm for 2018. It certainly puts the Senate in play. Huge time, because now Mitch McConnell's got one vote margin yeah. for to get that tax cut bill. It, it throws a whole future of the tax cut in, in jeopardy, which it should, thank God. But also in terms of control of the Senate, uh, Democrats now, what, figure it out. They pick up two seats, right? Hold yeah. on to what they got, pick yeah. up two seats. And you've got Arizona and Nebraska in play, and now you've got the senator from, from Alabama. Uh, it, it, it vastly improves the chances for Democrats to take back control of the Senate and of the House uh, in 2018. A huge shot in the arm for the Democratic Party. And on the other flip side of the coin, you've got it. There's no other way to write to to, to, to uh to see it, it is a humbling, monumental loss for a Roy Moore, who's a jerk anyhow. And it, let, let's face, let's say we'll never hear from him again. Hopefully, that's that's the beautiful thing. Roy Moore is done. But you know what? He's finished. He's freaking dumb enough to run again in two years. Sure, I hope he does. Sure, I, I do. Too. I hope he does. I do. The too. Next time, Doug Jones will just murder him. I would think so. I'd, I, I mean, uh, I would like to hope yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. But so, uh, Roy Moore's done. But it's a big loss for him, but a bigger loss for Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump, where the 
establishment, if you want to call them that or whatever, let's just call it the wiser heads of the Republican Party initially knew Roy Moore was toxic, was poison, wanted nothing to do with him. But Donald Trump said, no, 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 we're going to go with this guy. Why? Because he's a sexual predator like I am. You know, I identify with him. He's following my playbook, which is do whatever you want with women, even underage, and then deny, 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 attack, 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 and it'll all go away, and you'll get elected, and then people will say, well, he got elected, so therefore uh, you don't have to do anything about it. No, no, no. Well, at any rate, uh, Donald Trump put himself on the line, went down to Pensacola, had a big rally, tweeted the hell out of all of his support for Roy Moore, attacked, attacked, attacked Doug Jones as nothing but a puppet of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, uh, Donald Trump doing a robocall, Donald Trump telling the RNC, ordering the RNC to reverse uh, their pulling out of Alabama, get back into Alabama and give Roy more money. And all of that, Donald Trump, I mean, he could not have done more for Roy more than he did. And the people of Alabama, which Donald Trump carried by 28 points last year, a year ago, the people of Alabama said, we don't care, Donald Trump. Go vote gonna... for Roy Moore. It is so important. There you go. Look, it, yeah. like, and I, the people I, of Alabama said, no, we're not going to do that. There's something to be said about the fact that, you know, not only is this a win, but it's just, it's kind of like with Danica Rome that won a Virginia in the House of Delegates. She, uh, the transgender candidate who ran against a full-on loudmouth bigot who misgendered her the whole time and talked about all this stuff, that she beat him. Yeah. And there we have a pedophile yeah. uh, no, theocrat I- in Roy Moore who got his ass kicked by a Democrat statewide in Alabama. Yeah. I never thought we would see the day. I, I would like to point out that someone took Donald Trump's phone away from him all night, which is very impressive. I know without a doubt that he was certainly watching cable TV last night. Then this morning, someone slipped a mild sedative in his drink, and he got his phone back. Donald Trump tweeting this morning, Congratulations to Doug Jones on a hard-fought victory. The write-in votes played a very big factor, but a win is a win. The people of Alabama are great, and the Republicans will have another shot at this seat Mm -hmm. in a very short period Mm -hmm. of time. It never ends. But the second tweet, a little more curious. Yeah, I was just going to say, read the second tweet. The second it's tweet. It's all about me. It really gets me. down to it. Yes. The reason I originally endorsed Luther Strange, in parentheses, and his numbers went up mightily. No, they didn't. Is no, that they I did said, not. No, they didn't. Is that I said Roy Moore will not be able to win the general election. I was right. Roy worked hard, but the deck was stacked against him. That's Donald Trump on Twitter just about an hour ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh-huh, right. I was right, right, I was right, I was right from the beginning. It's all about me. If only people listened to me. Yeah, we did listen to you. And the people of Alabama said, we don't want Luther Strange and we don't want Roy Moore either. Yes, indeed. Uh, just a little um, uh, a little uh, sound from uh, Alabama yesterday. Uh, first of all, before the vote, right, um, the Dean Young, who is the campaign strategist for Roy Moore, uh, he... he uh, <laughs> he echoes what the Roy Moore campaign was w- looking forward to. We smell victory. That's what we smell on the air. This is going to be a great night for Judge Moore, and uh, we're fixing to see a blowout in the state of Alabama. 
Yeah, fixing to see a blowout in the state of Alabama. Well, they saw blowout, all right, not in the direction that they they thought it might come. Uh, it was last night where uh, Doug Jones had a chance to say this is a tribute to the people of Alabama, left and right. We got more in common than you think. I have always believed that the people of Alabama had more in common than to divide us. And uh, quoting Martin Luther King Jr. last night, Doug Jones. As Dr. King liked to quote, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And what did Roy Moore have to say? Well, his very gracious concession speech. I really want to thank you for coming tonight and realize when the vote is this close that it's not over. Uh, yeah, he refused to concede. He didn't concede. What a creep. He did not concede. What a creep, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where he, he he's set, talking about maybe having a recount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he rode off into the sunset on Sassy. I was just going to just jump on. Come on, Sassy. Let's get out of here, girl. <laughs> he jumped on Sassy and said, let's go home. Come on, girl. Let's go home. <laughs> he and Kayla. What's her got... horse's name? I don't know. Sissy and Sassy? Sissy and Sassy. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? God. Rainbow. <laughs> Come on, Sassy. At least we got the sugar bowl to watch, girl. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, again, let's let's hope let's hope it's the end of Roy Moore and his people, his ilk. Like this guy, <laughs> okay, he sends his spokesperson. He had to do this before we move on. This was a moment to watch Amazing. on television. Amazing on, on uh, with Jake Tapper yesterday afternoon. He sends out this guy, Ted Crockett, Teddy Crockett, <laughs> not Daisy. This is Teddy, Teddy, Teddy Doc- Crockett. And he said so. So if uh, Jake is saying now. How can Roy Moore take the position that a Muslim can't serve in Congress? Judge Moore has also said uh, that he doesn't think uh, a Muslim member of Congress should be allowed to be in Congress. Why? Uh, under what? But, under what provision? Because of the you Constitution? have to swear on the Bible. You, when you, you, when you are before, mm. I had to do it. I'm an elected official, three terms. I had to swear on a Bible. You have to swear on a Bible to be an elected official in the the United States of America. He alleges that a Muslim cannot do that ethically, swearing on the Bible. Uh, Jake Tapper points out, uh, (laughs) that's not what the law is, dude. You don't actually have to swear on a Christian Bible. You can swear on anything, really. I don't know if you knew that. You can swear on a Jewish Bible. Oh, no. You can swear I swore on, on the Bible. Oh, I've no. done it three oh, no. times. I'm sure Jake. you have. I'm sure you've picked a Bible, but the law is not that you have to swear on a Christian Bible. That is not the law. This is just him blinking. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know that? <laughs> All right, Ted Crockett. With I the don't more. know. I, I know that uh, Donald Trump did it when he when we made him president <laughs> because he's Christian and he picked it. That's what he wanted. To, that's what we wanted to swear in on. Now hang on Ooh. here just a minute, Jake. I see this here Bible says it right here on the cover. The Bible. All right, Ted Crockett. With I the don't more. know. I, I know that uh, Donald Trump did it when he when we oh, made yeah. him president. Donald Great. Trump did it. Oh. That's what happens when you spend too much time with Roy Moore. You think everything is about the Bible. God, that is just... Now hang on here just a minute now, Jake. Now, I, I don't know where you're getting your facts from, but that, I believe, is fake news. Oh, oh my that God. Whole, that whole gang, I'm telling you, man, goodbye, good riddance. Yeah, there they are.
<laughs> riding off into the sunset on Sassy. Look, I don't want to. I, I, yeah. I mean, like I've spent a lot of time beating mm-hmm. up on on Alabama. Uh, I, all my family is from there. I know yeah. Alabama fairly well, but it really cannot be understated uh, or overstated. Yeah. How big of a deal this is. This is a huge deal. Like, not just a big deal no. for the country in terms of the uh, uh, Donald Trump yeah. getting his agenda through and how that's going to happen. I mean, we're essentially looking at, you know, Susan Collins is kind of like the Justice Kennedy at this point, right? Like, if she totally. swings one way or the other, yeah. that yeah. could change everything. No, think about it. All, uh, the, the entire agenda which boiled down to now only one chance, which is getting a tax cut bill done by the end of the year. Th- those chances were just cut in half. Yeah, cut in half. Because yep. now they, they they already they're down to one vote. They lose that. Uh, they could lose three votes as long as Mike Pence would break the tie, which of course he would. Now they can only lose two votes, and they've already lost one in Bob Corker. So it could be Susan Kennedy. It could be Jay Flake. It should be John McCain. It could be anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no, no Democrats are going to vote for it, which uh, which they shouldn't. Um, final thing on that is that uh, with with Donald Trump, uh, the tide again turning. Um, roll tide. Roll tide, right? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Where a sixth Democrat came out yesterday, uh, saying that Donald Trump ought to just get the hell out of there and resign. It is now uh, those who have called on his resignation: Jeff Merkley, uh, Cory Booker, Bernie Sanders, Kirsten Gillibrand, Ron Wyden. And yesterday on NBC, it was Senator Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. The only way to stop this president who has a narcissistic need for attention, uh, he's a misogynist and admitted sexual predator and a liar. Uh, the only thing that will stop him from attacking us, because nobody is safe, is his resignation. Is resignation. Well, it took a year for Democrats to stop mincing words, but I'm glad they're finally coming around. <laughs> yeah, right. There it is. Yeah, just get them to hell uh, out of there. Uh by the way, uh, also a big loss for Steve Bannon. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, this was this was Steve Bannon's big effort again. Yeah, yeah. the Republican Party is just they're do, they're they're acting like Democrats. It's a circular firing squad. Yeah, and it's not just a win; it is a sweet win. Right. It yeah. is a so sweet here it's Steve Bannon out there for uh, Ed Gillespie. In this case, Steve Bannon taking on the Republican establishment. He made this as me versus Mitch McConnell. Uh, as much as we don't like Mitch McConnell, it's better for the country, uh, Mitch McConnell's brand of republicanism, than uh, Steve Bannon's. I know one thing. For him. Nobody can come down here and tell folks in Alabama what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Steve Bannon the, the, night, the, night bef- the, the night before. He's also the guy who said, uh, I'm so smart. I got into a lot better schools than Joe Scarborough did. I got into Harvard and into, I forget, Princeton or whatever. Whatever. Went, he said. whatever. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> Joe Scarborough went to the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. That's not the kind of uh, um, <clears throat> criticism or smear attack to make in Alabama. No. Right. Uh, meanwhile, that's not the only news. Donald Trump yesterday again uh, could not uh, help himself. You know, they always say when somebody attacks him, he attacks back. Yeah, he attacks back in the most personal and insulting and sexist kind of ways, as he did yesterday. Uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, as we mentioned, joined uh, is one of six senators who said that Donald Trump ought to just simply step down because of the sexual harassment charges against him. Her point, she was the first one to call on Al Franken to resign, saying if Al Franken should resign, so should Donald Trump, because the women against him are also very believable 
uh, and very credible. And Donald Trump has bragged about sexually assaulting women on tape. We got the tape, the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, and Donald Trump responded yesterday uh, with a quote against Kirsten Gillibrand saying, lightweight Kirsten, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a total flunky for Chuck Schumer and someone who would come to my office, quote, begging for campaign contributions not so long ago, parentheses, and would do anything for them. Oh, boy. Is now in the ring fighting against Trump, very disloyal to Bill and Crooked, used, or whatever that means. But at any rate, um, everybody saw that right away as this would do anything for them, begging for contributions, quote, and would do anything for them. There is no way that you could read that any other way than being a sexist rumor. What he's basically saying is, well, I don't have to be graphic about it, right, that she would do anything you ask in return for a contribution. Basically, she'd do, like a whore, anything you'd ask in in, in return for money, Um, and particularly when it comes from Donald Trump. You know that's what he means. That's, but, uh, this, that's the thing to me, right? Yeah, like, is, like, look, you could, you maybe, could, maybe, maybe somebody say, else. Sure, yeah, sure, right, yeah, maybe, right. But no, 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 no. First of all, I mean, like, if uh, I don't know, Chuck Schumer said something like that, he he wouldn't. That's the point. But when Donald Trump says it, you know what he's thinking. In fact, it's almost a quote, word for word, of what he said on the Access Hollywood tape when he said he could do anything. Because he was famous. Yeah. He could do anything. You know what he meant? He wasn't talking about um, <clears throat> writing them a check. Right. Or, you know, no. You know what he was talking about? So this came up at the briefing yesterday. First of all, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand called it called it out exactly, exactly what it is. It is a sexist smear. I see it as a, sex, a sexist smear. I mean, that's what it is. And she said, if he thinks he's going to shut me up, He's wrong. It's part of the president's effort at name-calling, and it's not going to silence me. It's intended to silence me. It's not going to silence the women who have stood up against him directly, and it's not going to silence the millions of women out there who have been speaking out every day since his inauguration about things they disagree with. Uh, This dominated. I was at the White House for the briefing yesterday. This dominated the White House briefing. And, of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who will defend Donald Trump no matter what he does— says, oh, no, he wasn't talking about, this had no reference to sex at all. He's talking about campaign finance reform. He's not alleging anything. He's talking about the way that our system functions as it is, that politicians uh, repeatedly beg for money. That's not something new. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Who is she kidding? Yeah, Donald Trump, suddenly he's a champion. He's like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a champion. Yeah. I, 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 thanks for reminding me, Sarah, how many times we've heard Donald Trump say, we got to get rid of Citizens United. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally, mm-hmm. man. We have to no. get money out of politics. Oh, yeah, that's his big issue. He doesn't talk about it at all. He doesn't know what it means. He no. doesn't know what Citizens United is. See, I mean, no, I mean, come on. And then she says, here's the only reason that th- this is not, no. First of all, she says, not sexist. No, 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 no way. 
There's no way uh, that this is sexist at all. This is simply talking about a system that we have that is broken in which special interests control our government. And I don't think that there's probably that. Uh, many people that are more controlled by political contributions than the senator that the president referenced. Yeah, again, calling her a political whore Look, is sexist. Man. Nobody's more controlled by special interests than Kirsten Gillibrand. You know, I got to tell you, there there are a lot of set there. Some certain, in fact, one of them was just on trial, right? Yeah, he was acquitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was on trial for being in the pocket. You know, ba- basically chasing after big dollars. There are senators and members of Congress you can say that about. Kirsten Gillibrand is not one of them. Look. Not one of them. Sarah Huckabee Sanders isn't the first person to stand at that podium and lie to us. And, like, look, that's what part of the job of press secretary is, okay? But at least try. At least put a little effort into your lie, okay? Yeah. yeah. I I would say it a little differently. The job is to spin. Sure. But she outright lies. She outright lies. The tweet speaks for itself. There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. That's so, like, literally, that's what it, that, 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 that's what yeah, the tweet is. It's, it does. It, it speaks for itself. Just uh, final point here. If, says Sarah Sanders says yesterday, right, if you think this is sexist, here's what's wrong with you. Yeah. I think only if your mind is in the gutter would you have read oh. it that way. Only and, if your mind um, is in the gutter. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> I tweeted this yesterday. I'm actually surprised that it took her this long to use that phrase yep. when it comes to Donald Trump. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. All the disgusting things that he says in public so, and on Twitter. So with Donald, Just now she says yeah. this? Donald Trump says about a woman, <laughs> she will come into my office and beg. Like and a is, dog. Like a dog. And is willing to do anything for a buck. Oh, your mind is in the gutter if you think that he means anything by that. Yeah. Other than. Come on. We need to reform our campaign system. Come on now. Yeah. Here's the thing. Sarah Sanders is actually pretty good at this, yeah. at least a lot better than Sean Spicer was and Anthony Scaramucci oh, for I that agree. fortnight She's... that he was yeah, around. I forgot yeah. about that. But this no. is the one topic that she can't handle. She yeah. cannot defend her boss, the president of the United States, a sexual harasser. No. On all of these allegations that have come out against him. And by the way. She doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. And, and I don't blame her, really. No. How can you? Nobody can. Who could? How, who could? This is the second day in a row that Sarah Huckabee Sanders looked at that podium like the deer in the headlights. Yeah. yeah. She was rattled again yesterday. All right. A quick break. And then Claire Farren joins us from the Atlantic on the Good News Day. The Good News Day Alabama comes through. I'm a lifelong Republican, and this is the first time in my entire life that I haven't voted for the Republican candidate. I have wrote in Nick Saban instead. (laughs) True Alabama football fan. That that was your choice, huh? Yes, ma'am. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed, it is a victory day here uh, on this Wednesday, December 13, the morning after the great, great victory of Doug Jones in Alabama yesterday. And we're coming to you live from Washington, D.C., covering every aspect of that uh, big win in Alabama. 
and brought to you today by the United Steelworkers and their international president, Leo Gerard, the one and only uh, Leo Gerard, the United Steelworkers, leading the United Steelworkers of North America's largest industrial union. Uh, check out their website at usw.org from the Atlantic Claire Foreign Associate Editor uh, joining us as part of our celebration this morning. Hello, Claire. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Big night last night, huh? Yeah, yeah. really big night. And the best best part of it is we didn't have to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning to find out the results. Thank you. Thank you, uh, vote counters in Alabama. Uh, we've been talking a lot, and so have our viewers and listeners this morning. Jamie? Yeah, yesterday. Let's start on Twitter. Yesterday on our Twitter account, at BP yesterday? Show. Hold on. We posed the question. <laughs> Yesterday morning yes. to our uh, listeners and viewers, does Doug Jones have a chance against Roy Moore? <laughs> it was just have a chance. It wasn't, was he going to win? Know. Yeah. Uh, 79% of you say yes. That was the final result. 21% of you said no. The poll closed. Well, guess what? Minutes ago. There yeah. we go. Uh, you guys right. And it was pretty much, uh, what, like 80-20 the whole way uh, through yesterday? I remember so yesterday morning you said 71% It wasn't time. like all you guys rushed at the end uh, after Doug Jones, in fact, did win. Uh, Rich weighing in on Twitter saying, not only is this a loss for Moore and Donald Trump, it's a big loss for Steve Bannon. Hashtag yes. lock yes. him up. Yes. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, I want to go to our YouTube chat room, youtube.com backslash the Bill Press Show. We've got a chat room going there. Nancy says, I saw Steve Kornacki with his maps. All that red was so little blue. wasn't sure Jones could pull it off, but he did. Uh, uh, geographically, there was more red territory. There but was. The vote yeah. was in the blue area. And she acknowledges. She says, yeah. "I know it's a populated yeah. areas, but still seeing all that red on the screen Scary. freaking you out." Uh, and finally, my favorite comment of the week so far: "Go blue, Adam!" In our YouTube chat room, YouTube.com/backslash The Bill Press Show says, "Oh my God." The man wrote in Nick Saban's name. Why not Chester from Gunsmoke or Uncle Fester from the Adams Family? How about Bear Bryant? Bama, you tried. You like that one, Peter? There were lots of possibilities there. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. For those of you that were listening closely, we played a clip on the way out from MSNBC yesterday, a voter in Alabama. We can play it again. again. Yeah, yeah, here's our... Uh, um, this is a voter. He could. He's a Republican... He just couldn't vote for Roy Moore. God bless him. I'm a lifelong Republican, and this is the first time in my entire life that I haven't voted for the Republican candidate. I have wrote in Nick Saban instead. <laughs> True Alabama football fan. That, that was your choice, huh? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Roll time. Oh, <laughs> Roll damn time. Lindsey Graham? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like him a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, so what does this mean, Clara? Well, it, it, it reverberates yeah. way beyond Alabama, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest consequences are obviously it's a huge, you know, it's a great morale booster for the Democratic Party after a really rough and, and hard and difficult year. But there are also going to be immediate uh, consequences once um, Doug Jones is sworn into the Senate. I mean, the biggest thing I know you guys were talking about this earlier is that, you know, Republicans were already working with a razor thin margin. That's clearly been an obstacle uh, already in the health care fight. It, you know, they couldn't do it. And and now they're going to have, you know, that majority diminishes by, you know, one more person. Um, making Which it is that much a harder. lot. That's when a they lot. They only I had mean, two, to, two seat margin to start with. Already had two seats, only two seats. And we've already seen that that's not, an, I mean, that's not a big enough margin for them already to pass, you know, health care, the biggest Republican priority. Um, 
it's just not enough room, um, given the defections and sort of disagreements within the Republican caucus. So, you know, I think the question that I'll be looking for now is, you know, can they can Congress kind of rush through reconciling the House and Senate tax bills before Doug Jones gets seated, um, which they're probably going to try to do, because if he um, you know, if he's there when they try to do a final vote on that, it, it might not pass. Well, you know, that's a that's an important question. Um uh, how long can they refuse to swear him in? Um, I I would imagine that they're, you know, I don't think. Obviously, it is it is Mitch McConnell, and they'll try. You know, He'll he, try. He, he does Just... like to do those kinds of things, but I haven't heard him. I mean, I don't know. I I haven't heard him say like, oh, that that's sort of yeah. on the horizon. I I think the question now yeah. is that. You know, the next step is that the election results need to be officially certified by, you know, in Alabama by a secretary of state. Obviously, Roy Moore isn't hasn't conceded yet. Looks like they're yeah. looks like the margin's big enough that there won't be an automatic recount. But there's still, you know, there's still a little bit of time to count some absentee ballots. Um, but assuming that's certified, you know, I would expect that um, Doug Jones. I don't know. I mean, I would think that he would probably be in there pretty quickly. I don't know if it'll be, you know, next month. Well, let, let's say not. there were a but, Republican yeah. other than Roy Moore and the Repub- a, a Republican won. He'd be sworn in today. They would waste would, much time. They would yeah. find they a way with a Republican governor and a Republican secretary of state. Yeah. That, and Mitch McConnell, they would they'd say, we need him. He'd be sworn in today. So I'm sure they'll try to delay it. But... Um, uh, you, you are right. I mean, it's possible that Doug Jones could be there. They're still in conference committee, that he yeah. could be there before the final yeah. vote. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they're trying to rush it partially with that reason in mind. Sure they are. Um, they were hoping to get it done yeah. before the election. Um, yeah. But they haven't. So so there's the impact on that. But I want to come back on the, where you started, on the impact of the Democratic Party. on yeah. uh, Because this is not the one first. I mean, this is on the heels of... Virginia yeah. and New Jersey. Uh, this is like Donald Trump's been up to bat three times or had three strikes and struck yeah. out so far. I mean, yeah. Uh, th- so, um, you know, they called it the blue wave after November 7. Looks like the blue wave is still rolling. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of implications beyond just, you know, the makeup of the Senate right now. Um this is going to be, you know, I think this will boost fundraising. I think it'll boost recruiting. Obviously, there's somewhat of a question in Alabama, which is how much of this was, you know, clearly this was an unusual circumstance with a right. lot of really, really egregious allegations facing Roy Moore. Um, but it still does show that, you know, that sort of mantra that a lot of progressives have had for a long time and that the DNC is now sort of starting to adopt that Democrats should contest race races everywhere can really pay off. And I think that that will help recruit recruitment, possibly in, you know, red states in particular, because people might look at this and, you know, potential would-be candidates might look at this and say, sure, it was kind of a long shot, but it did work out. So right. why not try? Um, so I think it'll help with with fundraising and recruitment. And then also, you know, I mean, the fact that Jones is now in that seat makes it that much potentially easier for the Democrats to win back the Senate. Now, it's not going to be easy in any way for them to win back the Senate. They have a really tough um, map, but that's one less seat that they would have to But, you flip. know, a year ago, if you said Democrats have a chance of winning back the Senate, you would have been laughed out of town. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, yeah or that they had a chance of winning the Alabama race. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. That, yeah. that true. That was before we knew Roy Moore was going to be yeah. the candidate. Yeah. You know, but suddenly things have changed. I mean, the guy in Nevada turns out not to be that bright, right? So suddenly that seat broke good. Jeff Flake is going to resign. Yeah. Bob Corker is going to resign. Yeah. Now you've got Phil Bradenson, the former governor of Tennessee, mm-hmm. hugely popular Democrat, yeah. who's going to run for that seat. Yeah. That puts that one in play as well. So suddenly, and now Alabama, things are, the the, the the landscape has totally changed. It's definitely changed. And, and you know, I mentioned this will help with Democratic fundraising and recruitment, and it could also accelerate the pace of Republican retirements. Um, so that could also, you know, Republicans yeah. could look at this and just say, I want to sit We still don't things. know what Orrin Hatch is going to do, but, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the, so red a state, there's no chance there. But... Uh, Thad Cochran, we don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen to him health-wise. I mean, there's still other dominoes that could fall, I guess. I, I, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who who is a Republican, and we were saying that I'm not sure— Some of your best friends are Republicans? Some of my best friends are Republicans. Yeah. I, I was saying— uh, you we, know, One of my attorneys is a Jew. <laughs> yeah, right, you and Kayla Moore, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that Republicans see the big picture. I think that mm-hmm. they'll probably write this off as Roy Moore being a bad candidate, which yeah. she was. But, yeah. like, that's part of it, and it, it really is. But at the same time, I mean, you see a full-on, like, Democratic Socialist is elected as the mayor of Birmingham. Yeah. And no matter who it was against... A Democrat won statewide in Alabama for mm-hmm. Jeff Sessions' old seat. That is yeah. shocking. Like, shocking. And yeah. if you're a Republican and you're looking at your political future, you've got to be freaking out a little bit. Yeah. So certainly one of the factors in appointing Jeff Sessions was, well, this is a safe Republican seat. We're not going to mm-hmm. lose anything, right? Republican. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Republican senators yeah. at the time said, yeah. no, no, this is no yeah. big deal because we just got another Republican. So, right. you know. No, I'm, I remember because I've been tracking all the special elections and just talking to, you know, election analysts. And um, I just remember one person saying, you know, I was just asking them, like, which ones are you most interested in kind of before any of the specials had taken place? And they were kind of listing off, oh, you know, Georgia was obviously ha- – you know, focus of attention, and they just said something offhandedly like, mm-hmm. you know, there's Alabama, but I mean, if we're even talking about that, the GOP is in huge trouble. Right. And, yeah, right, right. you know, but that's the way people were looking at this race. So, so there was another is, aspect of this race in, in Alabama, which was kind of mm-hmm. juicy for uh, for those of us uh, non-Republicans on the sidelines to watch, and that is the civil war inside the Republican Party mm-hmm. between the Republican Party of Mitch McConnell and John McCain and, I don't know, Jeff Flake yeah, or whatever, yeah. and Bob Corker, and the Republican Party of Donald Trump and Steve Bannon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump even telling the RNC, no, 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 you have to support this guy, even though Rona McDaniel had called him un- unfit for public office. So mm-hmm. uh, for Steve Bannon, the, the, his, his efforts and his bragging about he was going to take down the Republican establishment. Yeah. Didn't quite work. No, definitely didn't work. And I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if maybe this will put to rest some of the, you know, I feel like a lot of the coverage of Bannon, eh, I mean, it depends, but I feel like there's often a lot of hype about, you know, yeah. oh, he's endorsing this candidate. He's Total. doing this. He's doing that. Yeah, and I mean, I always question, Who first of all, like, I, and I don't want to I mean, so Breitbart does have a wide reach and obviously he can, he can sort of yeah, set the yeah. editorial agenda. But putting that aside, I don't think that Steve Bannon 
is necessarily a big enough name or has, I, I mean, I have yet to no. see that he has some following outside of, so Breitbart has a following, yes, but like if Steve Bannon goes into Alabama, are there people there that are genuinely like a critical no. mass? I mean, I don't no. think so. No. And I think that right. this will right. probably maybe put that to rest a bit. Well, he certainly isn't a kingmaker. I think it was yeah. a World War II thing. How many uh, soldiers does he have or how many battalions does he have? How many, you know, there's right. so many. But that's a question yeah. about Bannon, right? Uh, how many? Yeah. How many battalions does he have? None. Right. I don't think that he's. Just a big mouth. Yeah. I mean, he sort of styles himself as like this move, like leader of a movement. Yeah. But I don't have. No, I've never no. talked to voters that have talked about him as a particularly galvanizing force. No. Um, we, we talked about this. Some like yeah. all these clips of Steve Bannon out there stumping for Roy Moore. I, I mean, look, I understand that there aren't a right. lot of Republicans that want to go out there and put their name on Roy Moore in front of a crowd. But and Steve Bannon is the guy to do it. But. Who cares? I know exactly yes. who cares. Jamie, let's hear from Steve Bannon again. So this is the night before, right? Mm-hmm. He goes down to Alabama and from his townhouse right here on 4th Street in, on Capitol Hill. Um, <laughs> the heart of the swamp. The heart of the swamp. Yeah. And with this message. <laughs> yeah. I know one thing. Nobody can come down here and tell folks in Alabama what to do. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, just, it's a bizarre message. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Washington. <laughs> I'm coming down here telling right. you to vote for Roy Moore, but nobody can right. come down here and tell you what to do. And I mean, Trump obviously has that kind of going on, you know, creature uh, of, you know, the establishment who says he isn't. But he is, you know, he's popular in Alabama. Sure. But sure. Bannon, I mean, I don't know. I don't even think, like, yes, he has become relatively so much more famous than he once was, but I don't think that's not enough to say that he like actually legitimately has you know a wide base of support himself. So, so you're a Republican anyways. member of Congress, or you're a Republican senator, and you're up for re-election next year, and you take a look at um, the president, the leader of your party, and the president of the United States, who endorsed uh, a woman who didn't really have a chance in New Jersey. She lost. Endorses Ed Gillespie in Virginia, mm-hmm. who did have a chance for sure. sure. Yeah, he lost. Yeah. Endorses Luther Strange, he loses. Endorses Roy Moore, he loses. What's that make you think about the the importance or the weight of Donald Trump's endorsement? Yeah, I mean, I think it's right now we don't have a lot of evidence that it means that much, um, or that it can really and you know help it, anybody other than you know. Right, and wouldn't it embolden yeah. you to um, maybe be a little critical, critical of the of president? Him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you probably will see that. Um, and uh, and and these candidates that have run in sort of, you know, his endorsement hasn't helped people win elections. And also, in some ways, sort of his me- message, you know, sort of the um, break everything, say inflammatory, you know, kind of bigoted things that that hasn't been a winning message either. And I don't know if you saw Ed Gillespie who lost the uh, Virginia race, he just gave an interview with David Axelrod, and he basically said, you know, none of that worked. And, and I mean, he kind of admitted that he really just ran a campaign the way he ran it, which was very sort of Trumpist, it was a, because he thought that that would be yeah, politically right. yeah. successful, and it wasn't. No, it was Trumpism. It killed him. Yeah. As they called it, Trumpism without, it without Trump. Mm-hmm. And it did kill him. In, yeah. in well, that's what, that, I mean, that, that's something we've talked about since the election of 2016. A lot of these Republicans are going to take the wrong message. They're mm-hmm. going to think that they yeah. can run as Trump. And, yeah, yeah. like, 
really yeah. only Trump can run as Trump. And Roy Moore. That's what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Roy Moore ran a Trumpier campaign than even Trump did in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, just. And in a deeply ad- red state. And like, in a deeply red state. And then we have Gillespie in, you know, kind of a purpley state. So yeah. I think it's a good, you know, mix of it's it's getting repudiated in a lot of different yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, we are experiencing a Me Too moment. Yeah. Um, and a Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, does Donald Trump escape it? Uh, over 100 members of the House now, all Democrats, have called for an investigation of Donald sexual charges against Donald Trump yeah. in response to the four women who held a news conference Monday in New York mm-hmm. who had accused him last year were basically ignored and vilified, attacked by him. He called them liars and fabricators, yeah. threatened to sue them, and they kind of went away. Now, after Harvey Weinstein and Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer or others, we can and the name. list goes on. Yeah. The list goes yeah. on. Uh, they've come forward again mm-hmm. uh, and said the House, the, the Congress ought to investigate. Is that likely to happen? And is Donald Trump likely to get a free pass? Well, I don't think that there's going to be any investigation as long as Republicans control Congress. But I, think I do that's think a safe that bet. safe bet. <laughs> but um, but I do think you know it's another way of Democrats to preview what they would do if they win back, um, you mm-hmm. know, the House or win back the Senate. If they uh, have control, committee control um, after 2018, then I think they would uh, pursue an investigation, you know, into now these sexual misconduct allegations in addition to you know as the Russia investigation continues. So I think really it's, it's you know, a way of them to signal the voters one thing they do. And, and also, um, but it's also a way of keeping the attention on the issue now. And I guess the question is, yeah, does it change any minds? Because obviously, you know, I think hardcore Trump supporters won't, won't care much about it. But Well, they don't. In fact, the Ted Cruz yesterday used the same uh, argument that we have heard in the, at the White House from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, which I find a very bizarre kind of uh, defense. But at any rate, uh, here's the Senator Cruz yesterday. I think that's an issue that was litigated and litigated vigorously before the American people uh, in the 2016 election. So what they say is it was litigated during the campaign and he won. Therefore, it's over. It doesn't exist. Well, first of all, Litigated, that's that's not the definition the right of word, litigated. Yeah. Litigated means it was in a court, court of yeah. law mm-hmm. and that both are, both sides were heard and the judgment was made. This was not litigated at all. These no. women did not yeah. have their day in court. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were buried during the uh, yeah. campaign. Yeah. There, yeah. Were, there were no, there was n- n- never any yeah. trial, no, no, no litigation at all. And then the idea that, okay, he got elected, therefore that settles it. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of, moral relativism like it's like oh well if voters weighed in on it you know i mean yeah especially for somebody like senator cruz shouldn't it matter just what the you know what the truth of it is rather than you know and and so yes there's this idea that voters weighed in but also and let's not forget hillary did get three million more yeah. votes than he got yeah so <laughs> if you want so, to say if you want to look at it that way then what the, what yeah. the majority of people felt about it it's it's just it's the lamest of arguments, I think, but it's one that Sarah Huckabee Sanders repeats every day. Because well, it, it's the only thing they can really say at this point and hope that it'll kind right, of go away. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when you look at um, uh, the Democrats in Congress, uh, House and Senate, do you think both have a little more 
jazz in their step today after what happened? In yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, especially because it's been such a brutal year for the party. Um, in other ways, you know, I think you've got to, you know, Democrats are going to have to cling to this. And um, but I think certainly it will be energizing. And I mean, I think especially for Democrats in the Senate right now, that's got to be a great feeling knowing that, you know, in a real day to day sense, this is going to, um, you know, make things easier for them to get sort of their agenda to break through in the Senate. Even though uh, even though you have to admit, Democrats would never have won in Alabama, I think, against any other Republican candidate. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, but, really hard to I mean, <laughs> imagine that. It, Luther Strange yeah. was not a great mm-hmm. candidate, but he probably would have beat Doug Jones just because Alabama's yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So even given that, that it might have been a, you know, kind of, a, it certainly was an unusual win. A win is a win is a win. Yeah. And there's it's nothing a win and there's, to energize yeah. a party like winning one that nobody yeah. thought you had a chance to win. Right. And he'll be in the seat until 2020. So it's not like he's just in there for a year before, you know, an election can be called again. Like, that's a substantial amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got two years. And, you know, if I were Doug Jones, I'd have the most fun I could in those two <laughs> years because he may not get another yeah. s- another six after that, given the state of Alabama. But still. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? He could, co- he could show Maybe up and do a hell of a job. Maybe if he gets an advantage. Yeah. People like him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. If he mm-hmm. delivers for Alabama, mm-hmm. he could clearly get another six. Hey, Claire, so good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much. And we'll turn it over to a Democratic strategist, uh, Peter Fenn, coming up next. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for The Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Wow, Alabama. People of Alabama speak loud and clear. They do the right thing. They say yes to Doug Jones, yes to morality and decency, and no to Donald Trump, no to Roy Moore, no to Steve Bannon telling you what a great victory folks we are celebrating today and we're going to continue celebrating and it's good to have all of you with us as we come to you live from washington dc our nation's capital and our studio on capitol hill uh it went back and forth last night looked good in the beginning for doug jones and then it got a little scary uh and then um our part of the state came through and Doug Jones walked off with a big victory. Not a big victory. Well, it's a big victory, but a narrow victory of 49.9% to 48.4% for It's a big Moore. victory. It's a it's big, a big victory. victory. I'll take uh, one and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and Roy Moore has still refused to uh, concede. Uh, joining us to talk about every aspect of this, to take it all apart, who voted how, Peter Fenn, Democratic strategist. Peter... 
Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yesterday was your... my birthday, and what a present. What a great birthday present. I don't think I've had a better present since I got a new bike when I was 10 years old. I mean, come on. I, ha- I have a better present. This is your birthday wow. song. Oh, it doesn't wow. last too long. Hey! John Boehner. John Boehner. Coming out of the... Coming out of the time. Coming out of the time. You wait till you get a second. My colleagues, the second verse is exactly like the first verse. Let's don't sing it. This is your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey, happy birthday, Ralph. There you go. Ralph. Peter. Peter. You got it. Whatever. He drinks. You got it. Anyhow, with Peter Femme, with all of you, we celebrate. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. But first. This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. We go to Riverside County in California where there was a bank robbery. A man robbed a bank, got in his car, and took off. Where? While he, Riverside County. Riverside, Riverside yeah. County. While he was fleeing the police, he was throwing the money out of his car mm. all over the 15 freeway. Get rid of the evidence. You got to get rid yeah. of the evidence. Well, here's the thing. It's a Peter, you know. As, as he was throwing money out of the car, people were stopping and picking it up. So the cops would like you to come and turn the money back in because mm. they need it as evidence. Now, you're going to be shocked to hear this, but they're having a hard time convincing people to come in and turn the money back I in. I am totally shocked to hear right? that. Yeah, who would have possibly thought? Not in California. Not in California. state. Look, if I find a bundle of cash on the freeway and I pick it up, you're probably not getting it back. Sorry. All uh, I need is one dollar for evidence. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? All I got was this one dollar. <laughs> yeah, you can have that. <laughs> so for years, people have talked about the man flu. The man flu. The fact that men, when they get sick, act sicker or get, you know, like they have a harder time recovering. And it's been sort of a punchline for <laughs> a long, long time. Well, there's a Canadian doctor whose findings were published in the British Medical Journal, claims that it's not fake. It might actually be true. Men actually do get, well, this is according to this one uh, this, this one study, that men actually do get sicker. They said that men have weaker immune systems than women, and they are, and the symptoms last longer. They're more likely to be hospitalized from illness. And they're bigger sissies. And they're bigger sissies. That was what I was going to say. They want more sympathy. Yeah, they want more sympathy. By the way, I never knew about this. I didn't realize that man flu was a a thing or a punchline. It's a thing. Fake it, it, baby. That's it. Yeah, you got to milk it. I mean, if you get sick, what's, I mean, come on. It's just like Peter's heart operation. Yeah, right. Who cares? BFD. (laughs) I mean, yo. Yeah. I'm back. I wasn't out for very long. Yeah, but you milked it as long as you could. Of On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show. Celebration time. Indeed, it is. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Yep. We weren't sure what today was going to bring, but it brings a lot of smiles around here. And where you are, I'm sure, as well, it is a Wednesday, December 13th, the morning after 
the big victory down in Alabama, the people of Alabama saying no to Donald Trump, no to Roy Moore, no to Steve Bannon, no to um, sexual predators, no to pedophilia. Oh, my God. And yes to Doug Jones, yes to decency and morality and the American way. Uh, it is the Bill Press Show coming to you live from Washington, D.C. We're happy to join you online on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Great to be with you on Free Speech TV, coast to coast, and out in the Chicago area on the great WCPT. And we welcome to the studio uh, to help us sort through every aspect of this a big victory in Alabama Democratic strategist Peter Fenn. Hello, Peter. Good morning, Bill. It, hard to exaggerate, right, how big this is So on many fronts, right? Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we see now on the heels of Virginia last month in New Jersey, yes. strong turnouts uh, for Democrats in, uh, in suburbs. Uh, the African-American vote, which people were very nervous about when we saw those first exit polls oh. that said 30 percent looks like 29. Those are higher percentages than, than Obama had. Yes. They were turning yes. out. The folks, and I went door to door in Virginia. They are energized. I wrote a column on this. All this inside the Beltway talk yeah. about how, <laughs> you know, these candidates aren't that strong, how they don't have that oh. much zip. This is all BS. I mean, folks uh, were out there in droves voting. Uh, in, 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 in Alabama and in, in Virginia, New Jersey. And the other point to make is, <laughs> despite his tweet this morning that oh, he God. was for Luther Strange, yeah. and, uh, he's back two losers here, uh, in, in, uh, in both in the primary and the general in, in Alabama. Yeah. It, it, there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, when you're at 32% nationally, even though you're higher in Alabama, you are not as high as you were when you were running Against Hillary uh, Rodham Clinton. He carried Alabama, Donald Trump, we're talking about 28 points. points. I have to say, I've talked about this many times on the show. I said very vocally that Roy Moore was going to win. I thought Roy Moore was going to win. I was just in Alabama over the summer. And by my eye, it is still very, very much Trump country. And this, I mean, this shoots, I mean, look, I was wrong. There's well, no other way to look, put it. I mean, I was it, wrong. It was a very close race. I get it could that. have gone either way. I, I, I get but, that. But, but, but you still, know what? I thought it was going to be not close. I, I mean, what, 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 you know, uh, Mark Putnam, who's a great media consultant who worked for me for many years, uh, did the independent uh, expenditures down there. They did some very good ads in this race. Mm-hmm. And they he did. and I have been talking over the last several weeks. <laughs> and, and, and he thought about a week, two weeks ago, that those Republicans were coming home. Yeah. Some of the, some of the yeah. polls were showing that. And initially they were appalled. And then they thought, well, this looks like a conspiracy. These crazy Washington people are trying to come in, tell us what to do. Well, yeah, that played with some of the folks, but enough of them went. Yeah. Uh, went for the no. right candidate. And yeah. they finally said, hey, okay. Yeah. And, but basically, these are turnout models in these, in these local races. Yep. It, these, are, these are very important it looking was, to 2018. It, it was in Virginia and it was in Alabama. Absolutely. You know, and we have to give credit to Doug Jones. I mean, you know, a lot of us are nervous about, I think, the kind of campaign he was running. We hear all about Roy Moore. We don't hear much about Doug Jones. But he was just the steady workhorse right. building right. a good operation. Right. And it certainly paid off, you know. And he was non-threatening, Bill. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the guy. The one issue, which is tough for him. And Abortion. He didn't, exactly. He said, but I'm he pro-choice. Didn't, and that's it. He didn't, didn't back away. didn't play around. But, you know, when he was talking about guns, he says, you know, 
He says, I've got my guns. I use my guns when I'm in the blind, when I'm hunting. I don't wave a little pistol on the yeah. stage. Yeah. I don't need to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Roy, no. look, Roy Moore's a phony. Yeah. Roy Moore oh, is a yeah. very bad guy. The people of Alabama rejected him twice. They threw him off the Supreme Court. And this is not a good guy. Yeah. And and yet he's he had the right rhetoric. He had Steve Bannon, who everybody thought was this political genius. Listen, to me, Steve Bannon, keep it coming, baby. <laughs> Go into any state oh, yeah. you want. Keep yeah. recruiting your candidates. Yeah. Because yeah. right yeah. now, the other part of this lesson from Virginia, uh, New Jersey, and, 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 and Alabama, a lot of money is going to flow to the Democratic Party for their candidates. Folks are energized. And number two, we got a lot more candidates who are signing up. We have a lot more winning women candidates. In that Virginia race, 10 or 11 now maybe of, of the 15 seats we picked up were picked up by women candidates. They are voting. And again, in Alabama, if you looked at the difference, mm-hmm. look at where women came down, look where men came down. Yeah. Yeah. They get look, the message with the Donald look, Trump. Was this looking, was this yeah. was an unwinnable election for Doug Jones in Alabama. That is what everybody would have you believe. Right? Yeah. And he won in an unwinnable state in an unwinnable seat. Imagine how people in... Michigan, Minnesota, uh, right. other places where you're going to see these like more big elections right. that were either toss-up or winnable for Democrats. I mean, you've got to feel the wind at your back here. Well, and it, you know, we shouldn't get you know. Uh, I mean, this is this is still going to be very hard. We got oh, a tough course. road to hoe here. But in terms of getting the Senate back, the numbers are terrible for us, as we sure. know. We have to defend all these seats. Some of them are in tough states that that Trump won. But having one more seat in our column in 2018 is big. It's a big deal. I mean, it, 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 I think people will start talking now about taking that House back, taking the Senate back, you know, in 2020 having a new president. But, you know, what, what's going to happen here is these guys are overreaching. They, you know, you look at EPA, you look at the Department of Interior, good grief. We start turning around the policies of this horrendous administration and 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 you know they'll they pass some of this stuff we get power back it won't take us two seconds you know, you know, know. we talked about this before but it is true democrats are such bedwetters you know um and I, I keep hearing this. I just had a dinner party over the weekend. Too. Oh, yeah, with the Democratic Party doesn't have its message together. They don't know what they're doing and they're everything. And I just said, hey, listen, you know, the Democratic Party is yeah. getting its stuff together. Right. I mean, and so there is that nervousness, if you yeah. will. But there's nothing like a win like this to people to, to energize people, right? Again, given the fact we had the worst pos- for the Republicans, the worst possible candidate, the best possible for us, but still, it's a huge win, and it will bring people candidates right. and money and right. resources right. because people are going to feel, hey, hell, we took New Jersey, we took Virginia, we right. took Alabama, uh, and right. we've got governors' races up that we can take. Here's the interesting thing: you and I remember this well. 1980, Young Bucks, you're in California. I'm running this group, Democrats for the 80s, Democrats in my 80s, maybe, I mean, <laughs> nowadays. But, you know, everybody was devastated when Ronald Reagan got elected. Boy, we got creamed. We yeah. lost the Senate. We lost, like, 12 s- Senate seats. And, you know, everybody kept wringing their hands. We have no messenger. We have no yeah. message. Yeah. Baloney. We had a message. We went into 1982, and we won 26 House seats. <laughs> and, and, you know, everybody went, whoa. Oh, this isn't so terrible. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, it took yeah. us a while, but 80, 86, we got the Senate back. 
Look, this works in cycles. But, you know, now folks know how to organize. Now they know how to target. Now they know how to put money into these races. And, and you know, somebody asked me, geez, why, why didn't we do more with the black vote? This is before the uh, turnout yesterday. I said, hold your horses. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a lot with the again, black vote. Again, again, <laughs> Doug Jones was building that with the help of uh, this new mayor of Birmingham and yep. others. He was yep. building that through in the areas where they had to and get out that vote. So like 96% of the black vote he got state, uh, statewide. White women with a college degree, 46%. This is the suburban soccer yeah. mom, right. if you will, they yep. used to call them, right? Yep. Who are kind of fed up with the Republican Party and it's... Yep. Yep. People they like weren't gonna Roy do, Moore they, and Donald Trump. You see, yeah. I, this is why everybody says, well, he's toast in 2020. Yeah, well, it could be a tough race, no question. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing this, but I'll tell you, he, he, he's a senator that they can respect. He's someone who, who yeah. uh, speaks his mind and is not uh, over the top. And, uh, you know, look, the South, the South is changing. I yeah, mean, not as fast as we want, and it, it certainly is. was a bad year in this last one. But, I, you know, I, I don't I go with this thing that the South is full of yeah. a bunch of racist crackers. I mean, that is not, the, that is not, uh, that is not true. And you look at the Huntsville, as you say, Birmingham, some of these areas, and, and, you know, the more they show, the Democrats show that they can govern and get stuff done and really deliver. Then, folks, look, I mean, doesn't look at Kansas. You know, go ahead and do some stupid tax cut proposal which kills the schools. I don't care what political party you belong to. You don't believe in that. Yeah. And you know, Louisiana, same thing. 58% of women uh, f- for Doug Jones, right? right. Again, you right. mentioned the women's vote. Yeah. Here's what really impressed me. Young people, 18 yeah. to 29, Jones got 60%. And he's no Bernie Sanders. Yeah. 60%. Yeah. Yeah. Of the millennials. See, this is where I would worry if I were a Republican. I'd worry about these trends. Yeah. Because if, if you know, we, we everybody used to tell me, well, all these older people, they seem to be Republicans. I said, hey, they came to the Republican Party with Ronald Reagan in 1980. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah, left. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and, and what's happening now is we're getting a lot of, of, yeah. of, of, of young people who say, you know, you guys are nutso on social issues. And more, I mean, let's face it. You know, homosexuality should be a crime. Right. Really? I mean, in today's world, do you believe that? Yeah. I'm proud that my little interview with Roy Moore back in 2005, where he said that, played a big part in this campaign. Absolutely. Even yesterday, as Peter pointed out, the New York Times, what's it called? The, the Daily. The Daily, the Daily. Yeah. was playing... Replaying my interview yeah, where Roy Moore yeah. told me it's a crime. It's, it, it's it was illegal. all over Facebook yeah, and Twitter yeah. when, when you know when this campaign first started. And I right, thought, boy, right. Bill, you, you nailed this guy. <laughs> well, it's, you, you hit on a bunch of interesting points there because I do think the South has a lot of growing up to do. And I do still think that it it is, for the most part, a pretty red area. But it also sort of mirrors what's happening in the country, right? right? Like every... Southern state has a couple of pockets of very, very blue, right? Like right. Birmingham and Alabama is a blue uh, city, right. full on, right. right? I mean, they elected essentially a socialist as their mayor in Randall Woodfin, and good for them for doing it. But it's also, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, Roy Moore lost because of this scandal with the, the, the young girls right. uh, that he was uh, hitting on and having relationships with, and that's true. But at the same time, that sort of is the Republican Party now. I mean, I'm sorry. That's who Donald Trump is. They all lined up to support Roy Moore. Whether or not 
that like every member of the Republican Party is guilty of that, they at least enable it. Right. And that right. that should be enough to piss you off enough to vote Democrat. Right. Right. You have the polarization. But what I, I my point on this is what's what's happening when you get a president that's at a 32 percent approval rating nationwide and, and, and lower in some of these other places yeah. is that folks are really saying, OK, you know, I, I, I thought I was voting for change, but not this kind of change. You know, I thought I want I was tired of normal, you know, normal Washington. I don't like it. Well, I don't I want to get rid of normal. Well, I thought I was going to get good normal. I got bad. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I, you know, people, you know, we put them always into, you know, hard R, hard D, you know, liberal, conservative. Most people, not maybe the ones who we were talking to in this show, I mean, they're pretty liberal folks, a lot of them. But a lot of these people just want to see government work for them. Yeah. And that's, if you can show, as you say, you got, and it's on the local level. You put together local city council folks, local mayors. You play everywhere. This is the key for the Democratic Party. We we start playing the coasts. That's our problem. Yeah. We're screwing up. We should be playing everywhere. Does that mean you put the exact same amount of resources everywhere? Of course not. No. But you give people a choice. I keep, uh, you know, we've had uh, the chairman, Tom Perez, in here several times. He says every zip code counts, right? Yes. And every district counts. And field a Democrat in every district for school board, for city council, for state legislature, all the way up. And um, we're going to win a lot of them. And that's what we did in in Virginia. Yes. That's what we did. They they filled those slots. They had good people in them. And in this case, you had a wave. And, And some people said, look, I don't know. I don't know who that person is, but whatever. They're not the person that's in there. And I'm sick and tired of this Republican Right. And I'm going to just vote no. One uh, and, yeah. one thing related, uh, Congressman Earl Blumenauer from uh, uh, Oregon, Oregon is going to be joining us uh, our roundtable here in uh, a few minutes. So just uh, stay tuned for him. Before we get there, Peter, a couple of the issues I want to ask you about. Um, the Reform Commission of the Democratic, we're t- talking about right. the Democratic Party, right. came out with its recommendations where they would, among other things, Cut the number of superdelegates right. by sixty percent. Right. They don't do get rid of all of them, uh, right. which I might prefer, but still, it's a pretty good, pretty good whack. And yesterday, both Tom Perez and Keith Ellison came out. So the Bernie guy and the Hillary guy both right. came out and said, hundred percent behind these recommendations." Do you think it's going to happen? I do actually. I think there is going to be reform on that. Of uh, I also think it's kind of funny because. The superdelegates will be elected officials, members of Congress, yeah. governors, and that kind yeah. of thing. Well, Bill, they get elected as delegates anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. what what they're what they what they're doing. I think, and and it makes a bit of sense. Is they're making sure that the process is open and that and that and that the fix is not in. The, you know, one of the things about this business of being rigged. You know, Trump was hitting it. Bernie was hitting it. a lot of people were cons- not just the political system is rigged, but you know, man, it's it's hard for me to get a job. I'm not getting a pay raise. Stuff's rigged. I mean, what we don't need in this country is the sense that opportunity is rigged, right? Yeah. Or the, you know, and and so I think it's good to have this kind of reform in the party. I really right. do. Constantly reforming, actually, and looking at things. And closed primaries. But, but you know, I I 
I mean, I like open primaries myself. I, I think it makes sense. I don't, you know, you're, you're, look, yeah. I, I think you shouldn't force people to go in 30 days before to change their registration. Or in New you York. Vote? Go vote. Yeah. Wait, in New York, a year before. I know. This is crazy. We vote? Had, go vote. You know, Nina Turner was here a couple of days ago from right. uh, Our Revolution. Great, great leader. And as she pointed out, you know, what's the Democratic Party all about? We should be we, embracing people inviting people in, welcoming people, rather than saying, if you haven't been a Democrat all your life, right, right then you can't vote in our primary. I mean, come on. Let me tell you, my belief on this is when you turn 18, you're automatically registered in this country. Boom. Done. Amen. You know, I think they should yeah. have, if, if there's someone's moving or changing addresses and stuff, same-day voter registration. I yeah, mean, I don't have absolutely. any problem with that. You go in. Amen. We should be encouraging people to vote. There is not a problem in this country with voter fraud. That is the <laughs> biggest joke. We've shown it time and time again. Yeah. The Brennan Center in New York has proven everybody Wait, has looked at this. You mean three million people didn't vote yeah, illegally for Hillary sad. Clinton? In the, five, in the, million. The, five million? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> five million? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Chris Kobach, you know, I'm, excuse me, this guy may end up in a three-way race in Kansas, and he actually might get elected governor. He's ready to put these crazy tax cuts, which which the Republicans in Kansas backed this away from. Yeah, which not working. I mean, the the number of people it seems to me in that Republican Party right now who are off the rails, and maybe this will help stop them. I mean, but you know, Mitch McConnell has his job cut out. You know, he's not my God's gift, but you know, compared to the other folks, you know, he had it right. He had it with 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 Bannon and with Alabama. He had it right in Delaware, you know, mm-hmm. and in and in Nevada, where they were nominating terrible candidates. I mean, one thing about about McConnell, he's not stupid, you know, and he's not falling on his sword for crazy stuff. But you know, he's a minority now, almost as the majority leader. It's sort of, <laughs> yeah, sort right. of bizarre, really. <laughs> it is. Um, there was a little other uh, other news yesterday, which is uh, Donald Trump. Uh, taking to Twitter again, this time his target was Senator Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, who um, was the first one to call on our friend, uh, Al Franken, to resign. Right. right. Um, not sure I agreed with her on that. Right. Um, but then she said, basically, well, if Al Franken had to resign for the charges against him, the charges against Donald Trump were a hell of a lot worse. So she added her voice to the list of those who have said right. that Donald Trump should resign, which prompted this tweet from Donald Trump, quote, Lightweight Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a total flunky for Chuck Schumer and someone who would come to my office, quote, begging for campaign contributions not so long ago, parentheses, and would do anything for them, is now in the ring fighting against Trump. Now, Peter, how could you dare think that that there's anything sexist in that? Oh, Oh, no, of course not. You know. Sarah Suckabee Sanders, as I call her, um, you know, gets on there and says, oh, that's outrageous. You should not be thinking at all that this was, you know, uh, you yeah. know what is it? Of course it is. And, and he knows just exactly what he's yeah, doing he does. and saying. And and that's one of the reasons his poll numbers are at 32 and dropping, is people are sick and tired of this kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, this is, a, this is... If this you, is an old white guy of our generation who just doesn't get it. But yeah. if you say, if any man says, oh, that babe will do anything oh, for I a know. dollar. Oh, I, I mean, know. I know. particularly when it's Donald Trump saying yeah. that. Yeah. And then say, so so here is was the senator's response to this yesterday. I mean, she, she, she called it out for exactly what it is. 
I see it as a, sex, a sexist smear. I mean, that's what it is. And Elizabeth Warren said he was trying to slut shame her. Yeah. By the way, uh, you, Peter had a great nickname for Sarah Sanders, Sarah Suckabee. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Tammy Duckworth responding to this Christian Gillibrand Trump tweet saying, then again, perhaps we shouldn't be surprised when Cadet Bone Spurs, <laughs> who has a documented history of grabbing women, fails to treat women professionally or appropriately. That's Cadet that, Bone Spurs. That is a great that is That's a Trumpian nickname. That's my that. favorite yet, I think. Cadets, yeah. That is great. That's a Trumpian nickname. That is perfect, isn't good, it? That good is good totally perfect. Yes, but you good. mentioned, so I went to White House yeah. for the briefing yesterday, and, and so, of course, Sarah Sanders, Huckabee, whatever, is asked about this. And she denies that there's that he's not he's not talking about anything other than campaign finance reform, Peter. Oh, he's a big. He's on not that. alleging anything. He's talking about the way that our system functions as it is. That politicians uh, repeatedly beg for money. That's not something new. Yeah, that's, he's that's, a details guy. She she is she is unbelievable. I mean, she has missed alternative facts now. Totally. If there ever was one. But, I mean, d- didn't you it know that just, Donald Trump is a big champion, yeah, like Bernie uh, Sanders, yeah. of campaign finance yeah. reform? Uh, he's introduced a lot up there on the Hill yeah, to fix right. that problem. He's gotten yeah. – uh, he wants to get rid of Citizens United, he, all that stuff. He has never – he has never talked about it no, at all. No. And if you look even <laughs> – look, look at the response when, when she was asked about this Ambassador Nikki Haley. I mean, she walked a fine line, but she was very clear. She's not buying into this stuff. And, you know, what you're going to see is people peeling off him. I mean, look, he hasn't even been in a year, and folks are peeling off him. And I have a prediction, which is in January, you know, when Doug Jones comes into the United States Senate, and and, and, and these, there's going to be an exodus, even more of a mass, yeah. mass exodus yeah. from this administration. I mean, people will say, I'm done with you're this talking about. I'm talking about Republicans yeah. leaving look, him. Look, but are you talking about in the administration or in the Congress? In the administration. I think you're going to lose some Republicans in that. I, I, I think uh, you're going to lose some. Because most of them are, are already You mean going. like Tillerson and others? Oh, so. I think, yeah. I mean, Tillerson probably is, is out of here, I would think. Look, or, Donald Trump went to Alabama and stumped for two. <laughs> different Senate candidates for Jefferson Beauregard Sessions old seat and he lost twice. He couldn't get and so these Republicans are going to, I mean they know they have to on some level get the support of Donald Trump right? Because he is the leader of the party. Like it or not, he is the leader of the party. And so these Republicans are going to have to run with Trump and he's now lost the last two elections that he got involved in? Good luck. I would like to point out that Donald Trump uh, is actually in, in he's actually in therapy this morning. Uh, and I mean TV therapy. He's back to live tweeting Fox and Friends. Uh, just, Are you looking at yeah, that right I, now? I'm looking at it right now, right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so this morning, right, he's just talking about the media again. And I noticed on the on the monitor for Fox News that they said, 90% of the news coverage of Donald Trump has been negative. They had David Bossie on oh. making that. Some report. So Donald Trump, of course, watching Fox and Friends, tweets out, wow, wow, more than 90% of fake news media coverage of me is negative, with numerous forced retractions of untrue stories, hence my use of social media, the only way to get the truth out. So he's again... 
defending you, his but, nonstop you know, if, tweeting. If you're, if you're General Kelly and you're trying to help run a government and, you know, and he's getting into fights with the New York Times about how many hours a day he yeah. watches TV. Or how I'm many Diet Cokes he drinks. 12 yeah. Diet Cokes a day? a day? Give me a break. Yeah. You know, you'd be higher than a kite. Well, you, <laughs> you, you got to wash down all that McDonald's with oh, something. Oh, I mean, you know, here is you're trying to. This guy won't come into the office because he's sitting in his pajamas tweeting and watching Fox News yeah. or or Morning Joe, which he says he doesn't watch, but he clearly does because he, he tweets about it. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, the other thing is every night Barack Obama went to, uh, had dinner with his family practically every night. Would would He took a stack right. of things to read. He read a dozen letters every night. Donald Trump people. doesn't read anything. He doesn't read. He, he doesn't know how to read. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if he's got some eye problems or what, but he doesn't read anything. But this so is like a guy who's, you know, who's like in a nursing home uh, and, and, and he has nothing more to do than just sit there and watch TV. You understand? But this guy is president of the United States. Yeah, well, By the way, I'd have to say, you said about General Kelly. I think if General Kelly had any self-respect, he wouldn't be where he, he is. Be. I agree with that. I right. don't know how you... That's my point. A lot of people who have some self-respect... Can you stay with Oof, us? I can. All right. Peter Fenn here. It's a friend of Bill for the entire hour. We're going to be joined by the great congressman from Oregon's 3rd Congressional District, Congressman Earl Blumenauer. Coming up next here, so yeah. stay tuned here for the Bill Press Show. The Democrats are just taking the black vote for granted. Like, they're on television for the last few days talking about, we got to get the black vote out. We need to do more than get the black vote out. We need to do something actually for these black people and poor white people. Get social with Bill Press. Like us at Facebook.com slash Bill Press Show. This is the Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And here we are on this uh, celebration of the big victory in Alabama yesterday. It is The Bill Press Show on a Wednesday, uh, December 13. Nothing like winning (laughs) to get your juices flowing. Hope you feel that same way. Thanks so much for joining us as we come to you live uh, coast to coast from our studio here on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where we're brought to you today by the great members of the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT, uh, our Teachers of America under President Randy Weingarten, making a difference in the uh, classrooms of America every single day, doing the Lord's work, as I say, and uh, we salute them, thank them for their support of the program, and welcome uh, to our roundtable this morning, the great congressman from Oregon's 3rd Congressional District, uh, including the city of Portland, correct? Yep. Congressman Earl Blumenauer. Hey, Congressman. Good to see you. Likewise, Bill. How's the West Coast? Everything? Uh, it's still there. West Coast. The, 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 the strong blue line against the craziness, uh, doing well. It is, it is amazing now, from Washington, Oregon, California... Both houses, governors, both state houses, and every statewide elected officer, I believe. Yeah, we lost one. Did you? Yeah. yeah. But uh, is that a, a trend for the rest of the country? Well, I certainly think so. I mean, it's been fascinating watching, even with those special elections early to replace the Congress people that uh, Trump right. packed. Yeah, uh, we came amazingly close, low single digits, and then of course, uh, what we saw in Virginia and other mayoral races, 
And then the capstone last night, I think, in terms of uh, punctuation point, there's no way in hell that we should have uh, come within five percentage points, even with that tide. And I think what we've seen in terms of depressing Republican turnout, galvanizing independence, and putting spring in the step for Democrats, it, it bodes well. Nothing like a big victory. How to do that? Well, but it's been a series. I mean, have you yeah. and you've noted these special mm-hmm. election victories mm-hmm. legislatively in Georgia and Oklahoma. Uh, we don't do that. So there's something going on. Right. Um, so, so, Congressman, there are over 100 members of the House now that have uh, stepped up to the plate to to call for a congressional investigation into the sexual harassment charges against Donald Trump, echoing the request of four women on Monday who had come forward last year uh, to make these accusations against Donald Trump were sort of swept aside. Now with this Me Too movement, uh, they've come back and said it's time to take us take these charges seriously. Are you one of those who's called for them, and do you think it's going to happen? Uh, absolutely, I take it seriously. And I think you're watching a, a titanic shift of the plates on Capitol Hill. I mean, this has been simmering for some time. Uh, I w- was one of the people who took the, t- the complaints seriously during the election. I was just uh, flabbergasted. Uh, that they would embrace this guy and he would get through scot-free. But it is gaining, I think, more currency as more and more people focus on the implications and how widespread uh, and serious the problem is. Uh, And I think it's going to put increasing pressure on him. Um, But... Anything going to happen? Well, we're going to take back the House, and there will be some serious oh. investigations. <laughs> uh, and if Republicans are smart, uh, they will start strategically distancing themselves uh, from uh, somebody who's going to be an anchor uh, around their neck uh, between now and 2020. Right. You feel better about the chances of uh, Democrats taking back the House today? Uh, than, I, well, than I, I, have, I have felt that we were definitely in the hunt. I've been, as you know, I spend time working with people around the country. I've been amazed at the quality of people that are turning out uh, already a, a year before the election um, and, and things that people think are long shots. This was a long shot. Well, mm-hmm. I had an event for Beto O'Rourke in Portland uh, on a miserable, <laughs> nasty, cold, rainy evening. Um, and uh, we had uh, two uh, very well-attended events, uh, raised, uh, I don't know, $50,000 for him. People are excited about what can happen in that state, um, what we're seeing in Tennessee. Um, and, and some of the races that I've been looking at, uh, trying to see if there's, you know, some way that you can encourage somebody early. But there are like three and four and five high-quality candidates mm. um, so early. I right. mean, this is, a, is an extraordinary sign. You haven't seen that before, Peter. No, it? and You've one of the things that's in interesting. In this business for a long time. Yeah, two things. One, uh, the recruitment is going to continue. There are going to be more and more people running for office, I think, at all levels. The second part of this is my, many more women are, gonna, are, are running than we've seen before. And this is, as we talked about earlier, this is, this is critical. And they're going to be resourced. I mean, there's going to be money for a lot of these candidates. I mean, some of them we may have a problem because we've got some primaries with some good people running. But, but at the you know, end of the day, I, look, I'll take a t- tough but, primary but Peter, to toughen up a candidate. One of the things I like about that 
is that the that the uptick of candidates are female. Like right. here in suburban <laughs> Washington D.C., yeah. uh, the Comstock seat, there are four or five yeah. all-star women. But what we're going to see, women competing are not going to be as vicious and mean-spirited as men. You know, mm. th- these primaries turn negative in a hurry mm. uh, oftentimes, and people uh, expend their resources and their goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women will handle it much more maturely, much more professionally, much more collegially. It'll right. be more c- constructive elections, and they'll come out of that stronger right. than when they went in. Uh, Yesterday, I'll, I'll just give you a quick old example. Uh, we did Nita Lowy's first campaign way, way back in the late 80s, and it was a tough primary. I mean, Hamilton Fish Jr. was in that, some very wealthy people. It was a very solid primary win for her, and then, of course, she beat Joe Diagardi. And, and you know, folks at first thought, well, she doesn't have much of a chance because that was not exactly the year of the woman, 1988. But she, she persevered, but it was not nasty. It was, and they all got came together after that after that primary, and uh, and it worked well. I, I I agree. I think there'll be more of that. Just this, a little anecdote: uh, former Deputy uh, Labor Secretary under President Obama, Chris Liu, great guy. He was Cabinet Secretary for the President too for a while. Uh, was our guest yesterday, and he was talking about this uh, this reality, uh, and he and he lamented for a little bit the fact that there was one race. He's he's also helping recruit. He said there's one seat where there are three former Obama staffers <laughs> all running against yeah. each other. Yeah. So he said it's sort of we have a, a surplus club. of I think wealth. that's in you know. Texas. Is that in Texas? I mean, maybe? Th- but he said, you know, at the same time, this is great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think the momentum continues. I mean, for me, it started as I watched what happened in my community, people think they're in a bubble in Portlandia immediately after the election, but there was a sense of resolve. When we had the Women's March, I didn't mm-hmm. come back for his inauguration. I was in in Oregon. We had a Women's March in little Portland, Oregon, 100,000 women. Mm-hmm. Again, it was the worst weather imaginable. Um, what we are seeing is that this momentum has been building, uh, from my perspective, for a year, and I don't think it shows any sign of cresting. What was it? Uh, Emily's List had a thousand women in 2015 right. that wanted to be yeah. Right. Um, yeah. uh, in uh, politics mm-hmm. or run for yeah. office. This year, it's 22,000 that have contacted <laughs> them. All of the, yeah. That's the Trump bump, they're calling it. The Trump it. bump. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hillary bump was a thousand. The Trump bump is, yeah, right. Took that motivation. Um, Congressman, should um, there are six re- Democratic senators now? I know uh, you have an important farm bill. We do want to ask you about politics. <laughs> we get it out of policy the way here. bill. Policy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, okay. we're interested in policy yeah. too. But first, so six Democratic senators have come forward. Senator um, Maisie Hirono from uh, Hawaii was the most recent one. Can we hear her, Jamie? Yeah. The only way to stop this president who has a narcissistic need for attention, uh, he's a misogynist and admitted sexual predator and a liar. Uh, The only thing that will stop him from attacking us, because nobody is safe, is his resignation. She's the sixth one to call on the president's resignation. Are are you a first member of Congress to do so? I think there are several of us that have made that uh, r- demand. I mean, it is just, it is shameful uh, watching what has happened. Uh, and we just careen from outrage to outrage. Part of it is the personal deportment uh, 
part of it is uh, a series of reckless actions being completely uh, untethered to the truth and the administration. I mean, you, we have a one-page uh, fairy dust document that uh, that justifies their tax cut. I, I mean, this the this. Uh, I mean, outrageous action dealing with Jerusalem, uh, the Iran agreement uh, where he wants to uh, uh, to uh, invalidate it because they've agreed, they've abided by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is um, we're in, and we keep talking about uncharted water, but this is this is dangerous territory. Uh, and a lot of people I know, uh, being from California, really live in 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 very real fear of what might happen with North Korea. Absolutely, because you know you're in range within range. The West Coast of the United States. You know what's terrifying to me is that we would have been in open revolt, Republicans and Democrats, if there was a tax bill in nineteen in the nineteen eighties that was put through Congress this way. You would have had Howard Baker going, not a chance in America, we're going to do this this way. We have hearings. We have expert testimony. We have both sides of the aisle reading a bill before we go through. This isn't a conference committee. We're not having a conference committee. We're having a bill presented. Democrats will speak out against it. They'll never have seen it. And then there'll be a vote. And, and you know, the trouble when you get into this, process does matter. And it matters because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And, you know, we're, we're slipping into a system in this country where we don't do things with, as, as John McCain would say, regular order. I mean, it must be terribly frustrating well, for you every day. You I see sat this. on the Ways and Means Committee. Not only did the members of the Ways and Means Committee on the Democratic side not know, what, it changed by the hour. A number of my Republican colleagues didn't know. Right. I mean, this is so reckless. Yeah. Uh, the, the upside is, um, as they may well jam through a tax cut, you know, a tax cut that is less popular than some tax increases. And what we're finding out every single day, there are mistakes, there are right. oversights, there are right. special provisions right. that are put in. Right. This is going to be a gift that keeps giving for Democrats if they jam it through. Uh, it's going to be a millstone around their neck, a symbolism for their failed policy, right. t- the largest transfer of wealth in American history to people who don't need it uh, and be paid for right. by our children and grandchildren. Uh, it's outrageous, and I think there will be a price to pay for and that. And what, what do you say when you hear Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan all say, this is for the middle class. We are mm-hmm. here fighting for the middle class. This is everything that they And I just say read as much as we know about the bill because it locks in the top 1% right. get the lion's share of this, the wealthiest corporations, and that is permanent tax relief along with what they want to do in terms of repealing the inheritance tax. The temporary relief for middle income, uh, by ni- 2019, uh, 2021, we find that uh, the average under 30000 pays more. By 2027, right, right. all the income groups under $75,000 pay more. They have a stealth right. tax increase to pull the middle class up through higher tax brackets. Uh, it is absolutely uh, tilted against the middle class who are going to pay this. Right. 
and the the the, the coup d'état, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is that the only people in America who will pay the highest rates will be people who earn W-2 income for right. salary and right. wages. Right. Anybody who can afford to hire a lawyer can have lower tax mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. And, and the other part of this, we, we did have done a lot of work against this tax bill for the National Association of Realtors, actually, because of the mortgage interest oh, deduction, yeah, state yeah. and local property tax deduction. We did some ads in your, yes. in your district with you because you're on that committee. And, and, and you right along, voted perfectly. But the scariest thing, this is trickle-down, all right, the trickle down is that once they pass this, you will see state and local governments squeezed. They will have to raise, uh, you know, they'll have to raise property taxes again because the, all these other t- folks won't be able to deduct what they've got, and the middle class folks are going to get squeezed, especially in some of those areas like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Oregon, uh, Maryland, and and we're, you're going to see uh, actually taxes go up. Uh, on the state and local levels, if this thing is if this thing is is passed, um, I I don't know. It's going to be a crazy system. Well, if, if it's it, if it's what twenty five percent of American people support it now, maybe they don't have no idea what's in right. it. I mean, that number is even going to go down Absolutely. once people find out. Right, it will become less and less popular, um, and it is uh, yeah. people understand at some level that uh, the richest people in the country have done all right. There is a need to help middle income, mm-hmm. lower middle income, low income people, and they're completely shut out. Now, why, why do we ever talk about the payroll tax? Yeah, I know. The Rubio, what did you think of it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the earned income tax credit against the payroll tax. Um, uh, well, there, uh, that is one of the areas where we, there are a number of things we could do to make, if we were going to spend a trillion and a half dollars, there are all sorts right, of ways right, to structure right. it right. to yeah. be able to make sure that lower and middle income people catch Get, a break. Catch a, and right. and by, while we're at it, we could do a major infrastructure program to wow. rebuild and remove the, renew this country mm, yeah. and put a couple million people to work at family wage jobs that aren't going to be uh, automated out of existence or exported. Yeah, but we don't mm-hmm. talk about infrastructure anymore, Congressman. Come oh, on, yes, that's we so, do. That's, that's so 19, that's no. so 2016. Wait, yeah, Bill. That may be, I know. That I mean, may be it Trump's is, only, only no. gamut now. I mean, but, he may but, have to say, course. i got to do something. That, well, I, one would hope, but he, that was, yeah, that was a, he he made it a centerpiece of his right. campaign, yeah. which was phony, yeah. and he hasn't talked about it since. Right. Well, episodically, he does, stupidly. Uh, <laughs> but but this is one of the things in the background. If we shake things up yeah. uh, and people realize mm, we, we need to, to have something to show, uh, infrastructure actually is popular. And we have the yes. broadest coalition in Congress. I have introduced legislation to raise the gas tax for the first time in 23 years. Uh, and the coalition is supported by truckers and AAA, the mm-hmm. chamber and AFL-CIO. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, a group of people ready to go mm-hmm. on something that doesn't add to the deficit, uh, but will actually make a difference for the economy and for our communities. What we really need is a good, strong farm bill. 
Right. Absolutely. All right. There's your. There's well, your, thanks. I'm Bill. teeing you up. No, well, seriously, you've introduced this legislation. Tell yeah. us about it. Why well, is it important? I worked with our old friend Sam Farr for years God on bless him. agriculture yes. policy. Yes. And we, as a country, uh, pay too much to the wrong people to grow the wrong crops uh, in the wrong places. Uh, we <laughs> good way of summing it up. Uh, we literally <laughs> subsidize a diet that makes Americans sick, and. The Farm Bill will be the most important health piece of legislation hmm. that is passed by this Congress. It is the most important environmental bill for water quality, water quantity, and carbon. You know, uh, about 35, the carbon, the carbon emissions from the totality of agriculture is the largest source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, really? Wa Walmart did a study in terms of, you know, they but wanted... But with because of tractors? And... Well, in terms of fertilizers, oh. in terms of uh, what happens Waste. in terms of how you till the oh, soil. Yeah. And, re you know, if you don't do it right, you release carbon. Um, Walmart did a, a study when they were trying to figure out how to be green. And they found out that the, f that the food uh, si uh, systems that they have for producing, delivering, and selling food was the largest source of their carbon footprint. So we ought to take a hard look at this bill. Um, I've introduced uh, an alternative because most states are cheated. My state is cheated. California is cheated. Uh, New York, Massachusetts. Uh, so we have uh, put together... Cheated an, in the sense of the they, subsidies they, go to... Uh, to, to, the, to a few large commodity producers in a handful of states. But people who grow food, fruits and vegetables, uh, wineries, mm -hmm. um, uh, they do not get nearly the level of support. We have a crop insurance program that is hopelessly expensive and skewed, again, towards large commodities. It doesn't help the people who are nursery, fruits, vegetables, they, they don't have an effective crop insurance program. Um, there are ways that we can bring together fiscal conservatives, environmentalists, mm. celebrity chefs in what I call the fight for food. Mm, I love it. I've, yeah. got a, I've got a bill, I've got a report, and I have an illustrated uh, handbook uh, that is available on my campaign website. Uh, for people who want to understand how to make this okay. process The fight work. for food, where do, where do people get it? Uh, it? It Visit my website. Which is? Uh, uh, Maybe it's on the back here. Uh, EarlBloomenhour.com, Earl, Earl, Earl I think it is. So it's not your government website. It's not my government no. website Got because it. this is advocacy. Right. Uh, this is telling people how to go about it's, it. And, and, and so I a lot of this, too, would be uh, growing local. Food, wouldn't it? it? It provides support for local food systems, yeah. ag addresses problems of food deserts, mm -hmm. uh, trying to be able to help beginning farmers. The average farmer yeah. in the United States is 58 years old, yeah. and it's really hard to crack this system. Mm -hmm. So help beginning farmers, organics. Yeah. Um, these are uh, areas that uh, food waste. We waste 42% of the, of the food in this country. That's 42%. stunning. No. Uh, uh, Craig uh, McNamara, the recently retired chair of the California Food and Agriculture Commission for Jerry Brown, uh, at a going away party and was all catered with leftover food. Huh. 
Wow. That's really something. There are things that no, are. When you think here. about that, to, 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 I just think of the restaurants and stuff, you know, what they. Yeah. And some stores, what they must throw away. And there are things that we can do in terms you're, of dating. You illustrated a little book here, The Fight for Food, Peter. You go to EarlBloomenHour.com. It's up there, yeah. EarlBloomenHour.com. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's got little drawings. It's I mean, this is. It's a guide food. to how to fight for food. Yeah. This is a food fight for food. Food guide for idiots like me who can understand what it's all. About. <laughs> I mean, it used to be agriculture, like transportation, was an issue that was sort of like everybody's right. behind. Right. Was automatic. Republicans and Democrats right. recognize the importance of it. We don't talk about this anymore. Well, and and Bill, it has been taken over by large agribusiness interests. That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, really? It has yeah. it has squeezed out you know, most small and medium sized producers. Don't get the support they need. Uh, they don't have choices about who they sell it to. Uh, part of what we want to do is have more direct marketing. Things mm -hmm. like farmers markets are selling mm -hmm. uh, to schools and local institutions, hospitals. Uh, there, are, there is a food renaissance we're watching in urban agriculture mm -hmm. around the country, and that's not a priority for the federal government. Um, uh, Marilyn Nussel, a famous uh, nutrition professor at uh, NYU, wrote an essay a couple years ago, The Farm Bill Drove Me Crazy, in which she was trying to teach a class in the farm bill, and she just concluded, nobody understands it. Mm -hmm. It's hopelessly complex, yeah. purposely convoluted mm -hmm. to be able to have people who benefit from it be able to manage it. We need to change that. So here's a man who's going to change it. Uh, Congressman, finally, you've had um, total 100% voting by mail in Oregon for mm -hmm. how many years now? Uh, 22 years. 22 years. Uh, how widespread is the voter fraud in Oregon? Uh, you know, we, d we don't have to worry about hanging Chad. Every, every ballot is checked against a signature to make sure that it's and, – and voters have – our voting day is 440 hours long. So people have a chance to think about it and to process it. Mm -hmm. um, I strongly support uh, a national – vote-by-mail program. Senator Wyden and I have introduced legislation. Uh, it saves money. It's better for voters. It's almost tamper-proof. Um, and it makes it easier for people to be able to exercise the franchise and harder to shut them out. We can really learn. We can really learn a lot from that. It is so important. You know, just look at these Republican efforts to squash the vote, suppress the vote on every front, you know, shortening the early voting, you can't go in and register on the day of the vote. They're doing everything they can to make it harder to vote and, and with the uh, Hunting license, okay. Student, Student ID, ID, no. Right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's crazy. Thank you, Texas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're fighting a good fight on many fronts, Congressman. Thanks so much for coming in today. Don't forget EarlBloomenhour.com. Get your copy of this. Peter Fenn. It's keep great up to the, be with you again. It was a great fight. day. Yeah. Great day. Uh, we all feel uh, we all feel energized today. Another little a little more kick in our step, as you said, Congressman. Thanks for coming in. And the rest of the day, folks, is all yours. Celebrate. Enjoy it. Come back and see us again tomorrow. This we'll be looking for you. is the Bill Press Show.